Same time next week. See ya. Take care. RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Barry O'Rourke. The top stories. The financial secretary says Hong Kong's economy is improving, although some sectors have not still fully recovered. The chief executive says she's been asked to consider repeating the voucher payout next year. And Washington says it's worried about possible Islamic State attacks during the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan. The financial secretary has offered an upbeat assessment of the city's economy, saying it's improving with unemployment failing, falling, although some sectors have still not fully recovered. Jimmy Choi has more. Writing on his blog, Paul Chen said the latest jobless rate had fallen to 5% from 7.2% earlier this year, but cautioned that the retail, catering and accommodation sectors are still not back at pre-pandemic levels, although they've improved. Mr Chen predicted that the government's voucher scheme would boost consumption. The government recently issued the first $2,000 installment of its spending voucher to about 5.5 million people. Recipients will receive another $2,000 from the 1st of October and then $1,000 several weeks after that. Earlier, the chief executive said she'd been asked to consider another round of consumption vouchers next year. The suggestion came from a participant at a policy address consultation program on RTHK for Carrie Lam's policy address in October. Mrs Lam says the financial secretary would consider all factors in making a decision, including the economic situation. She added that the authorities should simplify the mechanism for collecting and spending the cash. A man has been killed and at least four others injured in a serious car accident in Taipo. Police say the crash involved a taxi and took place at Kwong Fook Road shortly after 11 this morning. A man was certified dead at the scene while another person was unconscious after being rescued from underneath the taxi. According to pictures published on social media, several ambulances were at the scene and a traffic light was smashed in the accident. The United States says it's concerned about the potential for attacks by a local offshoot of the Islamic State group at Kabul airport, as it remains besieged by crowds of people desperate to leave the country. Americans hoping to leave have been advised not to travel to the airport unless instructed. The BBC's Barbara Plett-Usher has more. U.S. defense officials told American media they were particularly concerned about the possibility of attacks by Islamic State militants and were looking at alternative routes to get evacuees to the airport. The White House said President Biden had discussed the potential IS threat with his national security team. The Islamic State group has not publicly threatened to carry out attacks in Kabul, but recently it condemned the Taliban as U.S. stooges and said IS militants were preparing for a new phase of jihad. The former U.S. President Donald Trump has described the U.S. withdrawal as one of the greatest military defeats of all time, despite signing a peace treaty with the Taliban that committed the U.S. to pulling out troops. Mr. Trump said the current operation was humiliating. The former leader was speaking at a rally in Alabama. Biden's botched exit in Afghanistan is the most astonishing display of gross incompetence by a nation's leader Perhaps at any time that anybody's ever seen, name another situation like this. Vietnam looks like a masterclass in strategy compared to Joe Biden's catastrophe. The former British Prime Minister Tony Blair, who sent troops into Afghanistan 20 years ago, says the UK has a moral obligation to stay there until everyone who wants to leave has been brought out. 
In a commentary on his website, Mr Blair delivered an implicit rebuke to President Biden, saying Afghanistan had been abandoned because of an imbecilic political slogan about ending the forever wars. He said combating radical Islam was as big a strategic challenge as fighting communism. Some 450 British soldiers have lost their lives in Afghanistan. Hurricane Grace has torn through eastern Mexico after making landfall for a second time, killing at least eight people. The deaths and the worst damage were in Veracruz State. The BBC's Will Grant reports. At least 22 municipalities of the eastern state of Veracruz have experienced flooding, with television images in Mexico showing residents in some towns wading through dangerously deep and fast-moving floodwaters. Two rivers have burst their banks, homes and dozens of cars were partially submerged amid the mud and water, and electricity posts and trees have been brought down. Thankfully for residents of Mexico City, Hurricane Grace has been downgraded to a tropical storm as it moved inland through the state of Mexico. You're listening to RTHK. The time is almost five minutes past one. Hurricane Henri is making its way towards the United States, prompting the authorities in New York to declare a state of emergency. City authorities hastily ordered thousands of people to leave an all-star concert in Central Park, halting Barry Manilow's set in the middle of a song. The governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, pleaded with residents to take the storm seriously. I feel confident saying to New Yorkers that they could not be in better hands in terms of an experienced team. Now, that doesn't mean that Mother Nature doesn't win. She wins. She wins. She won at Superstorm Sandy. She wins every time. Adults in Britain who test positive for COVID-19 are to be invited to take part in a study to gauge the effectiveness of vaccinations. Up to 8,000 people a day will be asked to check whether they've developed antibodies which protect against the virus. Here's the BBC's Palab Ghosh. Antibodies are cells created by the body to help fight off infection. Participants will be asked to test how much they have in their blood just after they've been confirmed as being infected and again 28 days later. Scientists want to compare how effectively the body's immune system mobilises antibodies in that period. The data collected will help estimate the proportion of those who got COVID-19 despite having a vaccine or previously catching coronavirus. The researchers will also look to see if there are particular groups who are less able to generate antibodies. Sport now, and the president of World Athletics, Sebastian Coe, says rules that bar female athletes with high levels of testosterone from competing in middle-distance running events are here to stay. There have been calls to scrap the controversial regulations, but Lord Coe said they were backed up by 10 years of solid science. The issue that is at stake here and was driven through and helped by the Court of Arbitration was for those athletes with higher levels of testosterone and in their words this was a rational resolution to uh, conflicted human rights. Lawyers for the South African athlete Castor Semenya who was not allowed to defend her 800 meters title at the Tokyo Olympics have said the rules should be suspended. The Jamaican sprinter Elaine Thompson-Herra has run the second fastest ever women's 100 metres. At a race in the US, she finished in 10.54 seconds. Only one woman has recorded a quicker time, the American Florence Griffith Joyner, in 1988. Thompson-Herra is the Olympic champion. She won gold in both the 100 and 200 metres in Tokyo. 
To football, and in the English Premier League, Liverpool were comfortable 2-0 winners over Burnley at Anfield. Manager Jurgen Klopp said they were particularly pleased to be playing in front of a home crowd for the first time since March 2020. Goals from Diogo Jota and Sadio Mane ensured Liverpool made it two wins from two in the Premier League so far this season. Obviously, we had some issues on, on private basis during the week, um, and so we had to had to deal with that. But the team did, did today really incredibly well, and so now um, two games, six points. Next week, Chelsea, which will be obviously a quite a different game. Let's just keep going. Meanwhile, Premier League champions Manchester City put five goals without reply past newly promoted Norwich City. Manchester City had lost to Spurs on the opening weekend of the season, but their £100 million man Jack Grealish scored on his home debut. To golf now, and in the AIG Women's Open at Carnoustie in Scotland. After day three, the BBC's Ian Carter says it's a crowded leaderboard. 17 players within four shots of the lead, players trading places at the top of the leaderboard, especially late in the uh, afternoon when the rain came teeming down on the Carnoustie links. But it was Anna Nordquist who really set the pace today, a 65 to move to nine under par. She's been joined on that mark by Nanokurst Madsen, who was round in 68. So two Scandinavians, the Dane Madsen, the Swede Nordquist setting the pace at nine under. It's a congested leaderboard, but Nordquist with the lowest round of the week so far, no drop shots and seven birdies. It really was quite brilliant. Bodes well for the European Solheim Cup team and Madsen pushing very hard for inclusion in that lineup against the United States uh, in the match which takes place in a couple of weeks' time. Tennis now and Alexander Zverev came from two breaks down in the third set to beat Stefanos Tsitsipas and reach the final of the WTA and ATP Cincinnati Masters. The German, who briefly left the court to vomit in the final set, will take a 4-0 record into today's final with Andrei Rublov. And to the weather forecast, mainly fine and very hot, isolated showers in the afternoon. The outlook is mainly fine and very hot tomorrow. Sunny periods and a few showers in the next couple of days. Uh, currently the temperature is 32 degrees Celsius and the humidity is at 65%. Please be advised the very hot weather warning is still in force. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a journey by a journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension, new value, and a new Situation 